Radio. Well, hello, and thank you very much for joining us on this week's edition of The Journey. My name's Jude Hennessy, and I'm really privileged each and every week to sit down and, and journey with so many people right across the country in this wonderful show that we, we put together with absolutely awesome inputs from, well, some standout people who are in high demand right around the country. This week on the show, for example, we're joined by people like Father David Callahan, who's a member of the Missionaries of God's Love, a brilliant preacher himself, and, and we get him regularly on the journey. Every couple of weeks he gives us a message to share with people right around the country. The Missionaries of God's Love, well, they don't pull any punches. They just want people to know how much they're loved by God. And, and certainly Dave and all the guys there who are part of that Missionaries of God's Love, that's at the heart of their work and the heart of their message. We're also going to hear from Byron and Francine and Parola this week, marriage experts. And look, they're from really good stock. Byron's parents, Mavis and Dr. Ron Parola, are currently over in Rome and have been handpicked from right around the world to speak truth and wisdom into this church council that's taking place all about the family. And they themselves are a powerhouse couple who have for, for years and years and years advised people like Pope John Paul II, Benedict XVI, and now been given the opportunity to speak to bishops from all around the world about family and pastoral issues. So we pray for them and we very much see where Byron and Francine have their great heart and great desire to ensure that marriages are firing on all cylinders. They just see that as being at the heart of good society, good family, at the heart of Christian witness of God's love for all of us as mirrored in marriages. So I can't wait to hear from Dr. Byron and Francine Barola. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Faith, hope, love and life. Let's get into the journey. Here's this week's Reflection on the Gospel. This Sunday, we celebrate the feast of the dedication of the Lateran Basilica in Rome. An important question is why celebrate the dedication of a church? Now, the first Lateran Basilica was built in the time of the Emperor Constantine and is known as the mother and head of all churches. Why does this feast override the sequence of Sundays in ordinary time? Why is it so important? It is not so much a question of the beauty of the Church of St. John Lateran in Rome that makes it important. It is more to do with what this particular church signifies for Christians. Now, as it was first built in the time of the Emperor Constantine, the first Roman Emperor to embrace Christianity, many of the church councils, which formed the very foundations of our common Christian faith from the 7th to the 16th century, were held there. It is the Pope's Church and the Basilica of Rome. As such, it has functioned as a sign of unity for all Christians from the 4th century onwards, and has the potential to function in this way for Christians in our times. The selection from John's Gospel presents Jesus driving the money changers and the merchants from the temple precinct in Jerusalem. These people had a legitimate function there, but most were more interested in financial gain than in respect for the temple as God's dwelling place and as a locus of worship. Jesus affirms the temple as God's house. He goes on to speak of the temple of his body that God will raise up after three days. The gospel is thus a subtle reminder that the building is God's house only if our lives are congruent with what the building signifies. In Paul's theology, the church and its members are God's building. 
the term church has come to designate both the architectural edifice and the believers who assemble for worship. The building plays a crucial role in raising our hearts and mind to God and in leading us to deep respect for all of God's creation. Faith, hope, love and life. This is The Journey. You're listening to The Journey with Dave and Dodsey from the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong on cradio.org.au. Here's Sister Hilda with Wisdom from the Abbey. There's a story told, and you might have heard it, of a particular pastor in a particular congregation. God love him. This was a man who'd been on the road for many years. He knew the seasons of failure and the seasons of success. He knew the weariness of all mankind. If there was a story of misery, that man had not only heard it, but that man had been part of it. And as he got older, all the memories of that got a lot sharper. This was a man who did not always get it right, and he knew it. On this particular Sunday, there he was again, giving the good news to his flock. And suddenly he found himself overcome with a great sense of unworthiness. Being the man he was, he said so to his flock. Just then, the Lord appeared to him and began to place a crown on his head. Still, even more so, he was aware of his sinfulness, so he drew back. He tried to shun the crown that the Lord was offering him. As he did so, he noticed that that crown was not exactly clean. It had thumbprints all over it. Yes, he thought, I want that crown. I know what those thumbprints are. And so he stepped forward. As the Lord placed the crown on his head, those thumbprints turned into jewels. You and I have got thumbprints all over us, haven't we? You too... And myself, we have not always got it right. And even as you're listening to me this morning, you're probably in the grip of that very thing. So here's what to do. Right now, close your eyes. Only don't do it if you're driving a car listening to this, or you can wait till later. Close your eyes and see the Lord standing in front of you. He has a crown, the crown of your life in his hands. Can you recognise what the sunpints are? Tell him about them if you can see them. And then whisper to him, I accept from your hands the life I have lived. I claim it with all my mistakes. The Lord now places the crown on your head. Watch what he does with it. And then bow your head in gratitude. And you know what? He's just bowed his head in gratitude to you. Welcome back to The Journey. You just heard from my good mate, Sister Hilda Scott. With her message for the week, was she called The Pastor. And what a joy it is every single week to have Sister Hilda giving us her inputs. She's based down there at Jamboree Abbey. She was the star of that TV series The Abbey a few years ago. And she is in incredibly high demand as a, as a public speaker, which she doesn't say yes to all the time because she actually lives a very simple life of work and prayer and reading the scriptures. And you know what? That's why her stuff's so good. She's a woman who absolutely is in union with the love of her life, Christ. And when she comes in here every few weeks just to to lay down the tracks that she's prepared for the show, she usually does it in one take. One take Hilda, we call her, just because it flows out of her as you'd expect from someone who's living a life in such an obvious union with the Holy Spirit. Good on your sister Hilda. Great to have you on the show. And now it's time for Milk and Honey with Trish McCarthy. 
A little while ago, I went to visit a good friend of mine. At the time, she had just had one little bundle of joy, Ruby. It was breakfast time, and little Ruby had colourfully decorated everything in sight in the process of consuming her toast. Having done her dash, her frustration increased as she tried to free herself from the high chair. Her hand began to wave and sounds of desperation escaped from her lips, which caught the attention of her mum. I'll never forget the encounter between the two as mum deciphered the needs of her child and calmly encouraged her, Use your words, Ruby. What would you like? In child gibberish and symbolism, it was established that she had finished eating and would like to get down. Please, mum. There are many times we get to the point of frustration or run out of words to express our emotions and thoughts. At this point, we often revert to physical communication. There are both life-giving and destructive expressions that people employ, including violence, intimacy, touch, physical activity, vandalism, and creative arts, to name a few, each with the aim of communicating something of who we are, what we're thinking, and what we need or how we are feeling. My encouragement today is to invest in and expand your vocabulary. Learn some new words to communicate what you experience. For example, rather than answering good to the question, how are you today? You might respond with alive or spontaneous or joyful or perplexed. St. Matthew says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Words are powerful things and when used creatively, can ease our frustration and help us communicate our needs effectively. I believe the more words we have to draw upon, the more effective our communication with ourselves and others will be. You're listening to The Journey, great Christian radio for the whole family. Welcome back to The Journey. Thanks very much for listening into this week's show, wherever you are, right around the country, whether or not you're listening in via live streaming, perhaps you're listening in via podcast. You might be listening in via one of the many Christian radio stations that are starting to take this show right around the country. doesn't matter to me. Whichever way you're listening in, it's great to have you tuning in and hearing some of the great wisdom that we've got from our fantastic presenters every single week. You just heard Trish McCarthy with her Milk and Honey segment. Don't you think that's a great name, Milk and Honey? We really are getting the best of the best there, just as the scriptures say. And Trish had a little piece for us this week called Use Your Words. Look, without too much fooling around now, I want to get into an interview that I was lucky enough to get with a guy called Robbie Curtis. He's a guy that I've had the great privilege of running into a number of times in the last few years. And this guy is the real deal. Loves his God, loves his faith, and wants to live it out in really practical ways and engages with people who are sometimes doing it really tough. And so he's set up this organisation called Blind Eye, based in Brisbane. And while I'll give you a bit of a sense of their work, I just wanted listeners to get a bit of a sense too of the heart of the man. Because I know that Robbie's just one of so many people in their own way right around the country are living out the gospel really authentically by saying yes in really radical ways to what Jesus called us to do. So let's get into it. Let's listen to this interview I was able to get with Mr. Robbie Curtis. Welcome back to The Journey. Thanks for joining us on this week's show, wherever you are, right around the country. I'm up at the Ignite Conference, as you know, and I'm interviewing a young bloke called Robbie Curtis. Robbie's a fantastic guy, fantastic musician. He's with a manual worship band, but he's also set up this fantastic organisation called Blind Eye. Robbie, thanks very much for joining us on The Journey this week. Thanks, Jude. Great to be here. Mate, this Ignite conference is fantastic. You've got 1,200 young people here from all around the country, based up in Brisbane, and it's just a wonderful example of, uh, of what young people can do and, and how they respond to the gospel. 
Mate, how many of these conferences have you been to and, and how long has this been going on? Why haven't I been invited before? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I came to the very first conference as a participant myself back in 2001 and I, a few years later, got involved. I think this is our 10th year, uh, 10th conference we've had. It used to be every second year now, every year, up here in Brizzy and um, the Mueller College, and uh, it's just a fantastic event. It's great to have so many just enthusiastic young people and leaders and uh, and religious and just missionaries from all, all across Australia and across the world. So it's incredible, yeah. It's been an incredible experience. Yeah, Robbie, you've got a heart for social justice and for reaching out to people that are, you know, that are doing it tough. And that's part of the mission of any Christian to respond to the gospel in that way. Can you tell us a little bit about this organization that you've set up called Blind Eye? Blind Eye Ministries is a, um, a grassroots Catholic ministry. Um, we're devoted to journeying with the most vulnerable in society. Our heart is that we would achieve this one person at a time. So really the most important thing for us is the journey and also the individual. It's just taken us many places. The banner over our local outreach would be, the word would be homelessness. Um, we find that in our Brisbane community where we have a drop-in centre and um, some of the outreach we do in the hostels and on the streets, that um, there's a whole range of people that have needs, a variety of needs. And um, yeah, we've been sort of operating since 2010 formally. And prior to that, there was just a group of young adults that were just passionate about wanting to live out our faith on the fringes of society, yeah. Mate, it's a really powerful name, the name of your organisation, Blind Eye, and you obviously made that connection with, with not turning a blind eye, and you've got a hand imprint on a white background as well. Can you tell us a little bit about the name and the logo and where it came from? Yeah, so in 2010 was when the ministry sort of formalised. It's actually the same year Mary McKillop was uh, canonised, and I think yeah, there was a lot of talk of Mary McKillop at the time, and obviously a great Australian woman and a great woman of faith, and great missionary and um, in feeling that response and that call towards our faith being missionary and um, that whole period um, that I was personally in it and, and we as a church we came up with the name um, Blind Eye looking at one of her famous quotes never see a need without doing something about it you know we really didn't want to turn a blind eye as the scriptures would tell us um, to the needs in society and wanting to really expand the borders of our tent the hand represents the hands for helping um, the hands of Christ hand out hand up whatever it may be the hand has always been a powerful symbol and um Sometimes a little bit cliche, but we really want to capture that first and foremost that it's the hands of faith, but it's also the hands of charity. So, mate, the thing you've set up here is an outreach of the Emmanuel community. Just wondering if you can tell listeners what the Emmanuel community is. They're doing great things for evangelization, obviously. But this is new to me, this outreach to people that are in need. Can you just tell us, Emmanuel community, where you're based with Blind Eye, and, and I suppose what are some of the things you're really hoping to do? So, Emmanuel community um, is a Catholic mission community in the Brisbane Arts Diocese community's been around for 30 plus years from the charismatic renewal and um, particularly the last uh, 10-15 years has been a real resurgence within youth. Uh, we've seen a lot of incredible things like Ignite Youth and Ignite Conference come from Emmanuel community and we've also seen a lot of outreach come from there too and Blind Eye is one of those outreaches. We're an arm of Emmanuel community. Um, yeah, it's, it, Emmanuel's the banner over top of Ignite Youth and Blind Eye Ministries and a whole range of other ministries that do incredible work throughout the Archdiocese and throughout the nation. You're listening to The Journey on cradio.org.au. Mate, a lot of people set about doing some really good things, and, and I know you're a man of prayer, and you set about doing this sort of stuff after a whole lot of discernment. What do you think the Holy Spirit's asking you to do by setting up a, an organisation like Blind Eye? Great question. I guess our heart is, um, from Matthew's Gospel, is you know reaching out to the poor, the needy, you know, the hungry, the, those imprisoned, and wherever it may be, we really feel that call, and particularly that call here in Australia to to respond where there's injustice, where there's needs, where there's people in, in desperate situations in life. And um, that's sort of taken us onto the streets of Brisbane. And we've seen ourselves really respond to our local community. Our Emmanuel community is based in Paddington, which is inner city. Uh, it's actually just outside the city. And we've 
um, seen ourselves set up a, um, a drop-in centre, which is an extension of, of the Emmanuel offices, which is uh, Monday to Thursday, 9.30 to 3.30. It's a, an access point for the local homeless community, uh, those coming out of prison, uh, those struggling with addictions, those broken relationships, violence, whatever it may be. You know, there's a whole range of, of different people on our streets that are just have needs and, and really need um, community. They need, um, they need to be loved. They need to be cared. They need a, a sense of family, a sense of belonging. And we feel that the drop-in center achieves that to a certain degree. It can be limited at times, but that's certainly the call for us is to respond to the needs right out far on the fringes and, and extend all our ministries that currently exist, um, extending them right out to, to those areas, um, right out to the deepest, darkest parts of our streets in Brizzy and hopefully our nation. Robbie, it's, it's one thing and it's a critical thing. It's, it's the first point, the starting point to provide for people's needs, particularly when they're doing it tough. Um, but I know you've also got to focus on drawing people into fullness of life and to do that, you've got to bring them to the gospel. Can you just tell us the link that you try and make between blind eye and providing for need but also providing fullness of life by drawing them into exactly what the Emmanuel community provides? Yeah, look, being a mission community, um, you know, we're, we're passionate about um, about outreach. We're passionate about evangelisation. We're passionate about um, about community. And uh, I think the confidence we have as a ministry is that when we we journey with individuals, that we have an ability to invite people into something greater than just us. And we, you know, we are limited as individuals, as the volunteers that go out, say on the streets or in the hostels or or volunteer in the drop-in centre. We're limited by the fact that we have an army of of family behind us, which we call community. We call church and uh, faith-based community. There's a confidence there for us to welcome people back into something. And we believe that in that exchange, in inviting someone into something like Emmanuel Community or just whatever it may be, the local parish, wherever it may be they find home in the church, by inviting them into um, into the church and into community, we really believe that's where someone truly is rehabilitated, mind, body, and soul, the, the fullness of the person. And, and it's in that sense of finding their identity in something greater than just having a home when they didn't have a home or, or being on the right meds when they were unmedicated, breaking free from drugs, you know, actually finding their full identity, their full purpose in life. And, and I honestly do believe, and I'll put my, my life on the line saying that it comes from the gospel, it comes from a relationship with Christ, um, and that's unique for every individual, how that comes about, what that looks like, and how that response happens over the, over the many years sometimes, over the um, small period of time, whatever it may be, transformation is, I honestly believe, comes from the gospel, and I've seen it in too many people to know that it's the truth, yeah. Well, Robbie, bless you in your work, mate. It's fantastic. And, and I'm just overwhelmed by just the, the vibrancy and, and the spirit that's moving amongst here, amongst so many young people up at the Ignite Conference. So, Robbie, just tell me, mate, how can people support the work of uh, Blind Eye? Uh, first and foremost, Jude, um, any form of prayer is uh, much appreciated. We find ourselves involved sometimes in some really complex situations with individuals where it's, it is really difficult and taking back a lot of darkness, dealing with a lot of trauma of the past and Prayer is number one. It's much appreciated all all across the country. Thank you. We have different outreaches throughout the year. People who are local may want to get in touch with us through the website, blindeyeministries.com. Otherwise, you know, also any, any sort of financial donations are much appreciated too. And, you know, all donations are, are fully tax deductible. So we'd appreciate any, any form of support. Um, please pray for us first and foremost. God bless, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Robbie Curtis. And, and I hope what I was saying before really came across. This guy is the real deal. He's authentic loves God and loves people. In a nutshell, that's exactly what we're called to in the Christian life and the Christian walk, and he's an incredible example. Good on you, Robbie. Thanks for joining us on the journey. We're going to be hearing from the missionaries of God's love and plenty of other good things still to come. Faith, hope, love and life. Thanks for joining us on the journey. Together on the journey, faith, hope and love for life in all its fullness. Here are the missionaries of God's love with The Call. 
Scientists tell us that the centre of the Earth is made up of molten rock floating around a solid core of metal. But no matter how much time you spend looking down at the ground, you can't see it. We live on the surface of the Earth, and we can only see the surface. However, there is one place where you can see what lies within the depths, and that's a volcano. Now, volcanoes are dangerous things. When one erupts, the normal safe behaviour is to run away as fast as you can. If you're about to be killed by molten lava, this is the prudent course of action. However, when a volcano is not erupting, scientists will climb inside the cone to study this geological beast so that they can understand the mysteries of the Earth. Strangely, this is a lot like the human soul. The Bible tells us that the human spirit is an extremely complex mystery. No matter how much time I look at myself, I'm unable to grasp the depths of this reality because I live on the surface of my life. The only way that I can discover what lies within is by finding a place where the hidden reality of my soul explodes onto the surface of my life. This place is something that we commonly call sin. We commonly experience explosions in our life. Anger, lust, bitterness, envy, greed, gluttony. When you find yourself tempted by these things, the prudent reaction is to run away from the moment, avoid the occasion of sin, and preserve yourself and others from harm. However, we can later return to the site of the explosion and allow this spiritual volcano to reveal the unseen reality of our soul. Following Jesus is not just about asking forgiveness for sin, but examining our life to see what the sin and the temptation reveals about our heart. That's where the healing and the transformation comes. So take your time in your prayer to look at the ugly things, to look at the things you're ashamed of, because that reveals the place where God wants to meet you. I'm Father Dave Callahan from the Missionaries of God's Love. Find out more about us at mglpriestsandbrothers.org. You're listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full. You're listening to The Journey with Dave and Dodsey from the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong on cradio.org.au. In there was Father Dave Callahan from the Missionaries of God's Love. Spoke to us about volcanoes in the centre of the earth and the clear message was for each of us to share what's at our core with Jesus. Be honest with him. Invite him into all the things of our lives, the good things and some of the darkness too. He knows it already. You might as well let him in and let him transform it. Big cheerio to all the teachers who are in state schools in New South Wales. I was I was privileged enough to be with them a few weeks ago at a celebration of special religious education that was held at New South Wales Parliament House. And that was the opportunity for people across denominations to come together and celebrate creativity and innovation in the way that we share the love of Jesus, the gospel, the faith of the families of all of those kids in new and interesting ways in, in state schools. So cheer it out to all the guys that were there and all of you volunteers who do incredible work each and every week in schools in supporting parents, form kids in the faith of their families. Time for a quick break. We're getting very close to the end of the show again. But before we do finish this week, we're not going to pull up stumps before we've heard from Dr. Byron and Francine Parole. You can't finish the week without some good tips for your marriage. Faith, hope, love and life, you're on the journey. And now with their tips for vibrant marriages and family life, here's Byron and Francine Parola with Smart Loving. 
When couples marry, they rightly expect that there will be a willing participation in a shared life together across a range of activities, including sexual intimacy, intimate conversation, and parenting, for example. But what happens when there is a difference in the desire for the amount or style of one or more of these activities? Hi, we're Francine and Byron Parola, and today we're talking about mismatched desires. It's called a desire discrepancy, and it happens in every marriage. For example, desire discrepancy can occur in our social life. When one spouse is an introvert, and that would be me, and the other is an extrovert, there's always going to be an inevitable disagreement about how often we socialise together. While I can seek my socialisation fix without Byron, it can pose risks to our relationship if it develops into a frequent habit and causes me to neglect our marriage. When the desire discrepancy falls in the area of, say, sexual intimacy, this can cause significant tensions in a marriage as, unlike socialising, our marriage vows explicitly prohibit us from fulfilling this desire outside our marriage. Whenever there is a desire discrepancy for a particular shared activity between us, there will be an imbalance of power. The one with the lower desire holds the power over the one with the higher desire. As a generalisation, women tend to hold the power in the couple's physical intimacy, whereas men hold the power when it comes to intimate conversation. This is not intentional, it's just simply the natural consequence of biologically driven sexual differences. Of course, our marriage vows don't ask us to love each other the way we desire. They call us to be self-giving. In practice, this means loving the other the way they most desire to be loved on their terms. Being able and willing to meet the emotional and sexual needs of our spouse bonds us together and builds intimacy and affection. Equally, its absence does the opposite, and mostly it all happens without the conscious awareness of what's going on. The good news is that it only takes one of us to start the process. We can choose to actively meet our spouse's needs, and the thing is, when our needs are being met by the other, we naturally become more generous towards them, and so the initiator can create a virtuous circle. We're Francine and Byron Parola. For more tips on relationships, visit www.smartloving.org. You're listening to The Journey, great Christian radio for the whole family. Welcome back to The Journey. You know, I get to the end of every single show every single week, and it amazes me how quickly the time flies. It must be because the inputs are just so good. I, I absolutely thrive on it. I hope you are too, and I hope you've got lots that you can take away from this week's show to help you in practical ways live your Christian life. Especially hope you can take away some things from that interview that we were really lucky to get with Robbie Curtis from Blind Eye. Great name, isn't it? Blind Eye. You know exactly what they're all about. Not turning a blind eye to the things they see around them in their community. Thanks to Byron and Francine Parola for their input that they've just given us. All about when desires don't match in a marriage. And Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed this week's show. Look forward to doing it all again next week. Faith, hope, love and life. Thanks for joining us on this week's edition of The Journey. The Journey is produced by Jude Hennessy and edited by Nicholas Weir from the Office of the Bishop in the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong. Radio.org.au